Hey, weirdo, what's your superpower, and how will you use it to change the world? Welcome to Season 2 of Just Us Weirdos, a serialized fiction podcast about learning to be heroic, no matter how weird your powers might be. I'm Charlie White, the writer and producer of this show, and I'm so glad you're joining me for the story today. Previously on Just Us Weirdos, we saw a group of the superheroes breaking into Binary Consolidated's headquarters in order to try to find the Caduceus, a mind-controlling bracelet that has fallen into the hands of Gwenifer Work. Graphene was confronted by Mrs. Work, who told her she had sold the Caduceus to another felon, Mrs. Ponzo. Today we're going to zoom out of the secret nine and a half floor to see what's happening around Binary Towers in Quadropolis. We're going to jump right into the episode today. So, get comfortable, think of something weird, and put a smile on your face. It's time for issue 35 of Just Us Weirdos. The Ninja 3.0 A young girl named Tony stands atop an overturned bus, looking at the city of Quadropolis. This city isn't even her home. It just happens to be the biggest city near where she grew up. And these streets are now being attacked by dozens of superpowered animals. Sloths with giant ropey arms and massive grappling gorillas who are wrestling terrified citizens. Alligators, or crocodiles, she can never remember how to tell the difference, who are blasting lasers from their eyes and making empty cars explode as their owners run in terror. And the infamous Snot Rhino, who Tony has fought as her superhero alter ego, Teal Titan. These rhinos have the super disgusting power of sneezing out gigantic blobs of glue and sticking people to the ground. Tony shakes her head, imagining what her parents would say if they were here right now. They'd point out how dangerous things are and remind Tony that the world is full of people who know more than they do. People who have the job, or the knowledge, or the permission to fix problems just like this one. They would certainly encourage Tony to be helpful, but in a situation like this, they would suggest that the best help she could offer would be to step back while the authorities fix the problem. If they were here, they'd also ask why she is covered from head to toe in teal-colored paint. Her new friend Kirby taps her shoulder. She turns to look at him. Here is a boy who has lost everything and who, unlike her, has superpowers that don't really work right now. It's hard to imagine how he could be helpful in the midst of this super animal attack, and yet he doesn't even question it. He just dives in and helps. Tony takes a deep breath and recognizes that her parents might be wrong. Well, sort of wrong. You see, sometimes life gives you people who know more than you, or who can do better, or who are the right people to fix a problem. But sometimes, you are the person that life is giving to other people. And you've got to figure out how to do what you do best to make a difference. Are you just going to keep standing there thinking all day? Beninja says. Teal Titan smiles. Like, what's up? Floor nine and a half, literally, Beninja says, pointing up at Binary Tower. I can see through the windows now. Look! 
Raphael Titan looks up at the secret floor of Binary Tower and through the window, where she sees Amina Graphene Amparo. Graphene had gone to floor nine and a half to find a powerful magic artifact called the Caduceus, which gives whoever has it a very specific kind of mind control power. Graphene is holding something in her hand, but it's not the Caduceus. It looks like a banana. Or at least it looks like what would happen if you asked someone who made cell phones for a living to design a banana. Nine and a half floors above them, Graphene is slamming her hands against the windows like she's trying to break the glass. But this weird high-tech material that makes up the windows of floor nine and a half is not breaking. Titan says to Beninja, like, mind if I break that? Beninja shrugs. Teal Titan's superpower is infinite strength when it comes to things that are colored teal, that ugly mixture of green and blue. And right now, she happens to be covered head to toe in teal paint, thanks to a special fire extinguisher style spray can that Beninja designed for her. This means she can totes defy the laws of physics by hitting herself on the backside and sending herself sailing up into the air and toward floor nine and a half. She does so, and as she draws closer to graphene, she pulls out one of her teal paint-filled water balloons and throws it at the high-tech window. The balloon splats, covering the windows in teal paint, and at the peak of her super spank jump, she's nearly a hundred feet in the air, right next to the teal-colored windows. She throws an elbow at them, and thanks to her super teal strength, the reinforced glass shatters. Graphene gives her a thumbs up, and then she jumps out the window, putting a hand on the side of the building. Graphene activates her graphenic manipulation powers, which let her draw a shape with her fingertips and make whatever she draws real. As Graphene falls, she's drawing a rope on the wall and popping it out, which helps her slow her fall. Graphene lands on the ground next to the overturned bus and climbs on top of it, joining Beninja and Teal Titan, who has just landed back there. While I was up there, I ran into Mrs. Work, Graphene says. She wants to, uh, team up with us. She always wants to team up, Beninja says. And then she wants to take us over. Yeah, but this time she's offering to free Bernie Connors if we do. Also, Mrs. Ponzone has the Caduceus now. How'd she get that? Mrs. Work figured out a way to make money with it. Figures. Teal Titan shakes her head. Wait, isn't Mrs. Work like a supervillain? Beninja shrugs. She doesn't think she is, Graphene says. But she is sort of offering to trade a hostage. And also, she sold the Caduceus to Mrs. Ponzone, which lets her control all of those animals. And Mrs. Work is now wearing that robot spider suit that turned your grandpa into a supervillain. So, yeah, all the signs of being a supervillain are there. Teal Titan points to the super animals attacking the city and says, Like, if my parents were here, they'd totally say we should back down and let Binary Consolidated fix this problem. Beninja sneers. I'm sick of relying on Mrs. Work and her technology. Nothing good ever comes of it. This statement reminds Graphene of the high-tech banana in her hand. 
She holds it up and says, So, you don't want to see what this thing is, then? Beninja looks more closely at the banana. What is it? Graphene shrugs. I don't know, but she told me to take it. I'm guessing she designed it for you the last time she wanted to do a team-up. Graphene hands over the high-tech banana to Kirby. Kirby looks at it more closely. When he touches it, it feels like small ants are crawling under his skin. It's nanotech, he says. Banana tech? Teal Titan asks. No, no, nanotech. Tiny robots, so small, you can't even see them. They're like little 3D printers. They can make copies of themselves, and then they crawl around to shape themselves into new forms. They can make themselves into anything. A building, a tool, a weapon, whatever. Whatevs, I'm calling it. Banana tech, Titan says. So the big question is, are you going to use it? Beninja lets out a deep breath. It's tough. I don't want to trust Mrs. Work, but if I'm going to help stop this attack on Quadropolis, I need some help myself. So I think I should use it. And know that the whole time I'm using it, Mrs. Work will probably know exactly where I am, and she might even be able to manipulate me. But I'm not going to use it unless both of you also think I should. Beninja looks at his friends. Titan nods. Graphene says, We do need all the help we can get. Beninja closes his eyes for a moment, then reaches his other hand down to the banana tech. He grabs the plastic stem and pulls it back. Immediately, the yellow plastic of the banana tech seems to spill out like paint and cover Kirby's body. It forms itself into something that looks like ancient Japanese samurai armor. Except it's bright yellow. The banana tech shapes around his waist into a belt, and a sword scabbard hangs from it. But instead of a samurai sword in the scabbard, there is a four-foot-long banana. When Kirby snaps his fingers, a freshly peeled banana forms out of the banana tech in his hand. Kirby smiles at his new armor and stretches his arm out, then looks at his friends and tries out a new battle cry. Weirdos, weld up. Graphene stares at him. What? He says. I'm trying out a battle cry for our team. That didn't work. Please never say that again, Graphene says. She sketches herself a net and a shield, then pops them out of the ground. The three weirdos nod at each other and jump off the top of the bus into the fray of super animals terrorizing Quadropolis. A grappling gorilla takes off after Beninja and gets a massive paw around him. But Kirby uses the banana tech to spawn a banana and easily slips out of the grappling gorilla's grip. Titan runs up behind him and rips out a stop sign with the teal-colored post out of the ground and wraps the steel bar around the gorilla. A laser gator turns its gaze to the heroes and its eyes begin to light up, but Graphene throws her shield in front of it and the lasers backfire when they hit the silvery drawn shield. The gator closes its eyes so that they don't get harmed by the lasers. A rope sloth drops down behind Graphene and wraps its arms around her 
and Beninja throws a banana right at Graphene's chest, giving her enough slipperiness to escape the grapple. She turns around and tosses her net around the sloth, even as Teal Titan picks up a massive teal dumpster and tosses it towards a snot rhino who has begun to charge toward Graphene. The three heroes take a moment to catch their breath, but they can't slow down. A massive shadow falls over them and they look up. Descending to the ground is a massive albatross, a huge white seabird that has been enhanced with superpowers so that it is big enough for someone to ride on. And right now, Dagny IT Girl Work sits on its back, flying down towards the weirdos. Beninja, Teal Titan, and Graphene look at each other with some discomfort because until recently, they had been sure the IT girl was a friend. With some sadness, they take a defensive stance. IT girl says to them, I'm not going to attack you. Weirdos, we need to talk. Graphene steps forward with a look of anger on her face, but before she can say anything, the weirdos here behind them. I couldn't agree more. Mrs. Ponzone appears, stepping out of her invisible jet. The jet shimmers into existence behind her. As Beninja and Graphene face IT girl shoulder to shoulder, Teal Titan whips around and stares down Mrs. Ponzone. Like, who do we focus on? A new voice comes from further down the street. I'd suggest focusing on the most dangerous person here. Mrs. Work appears around the side of a building, wearing the spider-like streamlined NSE suit, with a swarm of hunter drones behind her. She has a calculating smile on her face, as she says, And the most dangerous person, as usual, is me. Thank you, dear listener, for tuning in as we draw closer to the finale of Season 2. We want to hear from you. Send us your thoughts on the story, your ideas about what's going to happen, or even your artwork to hero at justusweirdos.com or on Facebook or Twitter at justusweirdos. You can always find us online at justusweirdos.com where you can listen to the podcast and subscribe. We're grateful, as always, to Joe Carnwath, who wrote, performed, and produced our theme music with Trumpet by James Carnwath. Check out Joe on Spotify or on his website at joecarnwath.com. This closing music you're listening to right now is written by a band called Love Hustler, and the song is called Cinderella. You can also find Love Hustler on Spotify. Thanks for listening, and remember, be kind, be creative, and most of all, be weird. See you next time, weirdos.